What's up, everybody? It is the Red Letter Disciple Podcast. We are back for season two, and we're pumped to be here with you. This podcast is designed to challenge you in your faith as a disciple, wherever you are. That's our goal, because we want to see a fuller, greater, truer expression of Jesus in this world. I'll be joined by my co-host, Chris Johnson, in just a couple minutes. But episode 13 comes with an amazing guest. His name is Flame. How do you get a name like that? That's pretty cool. Flame is a hip-hop artist, a Grammy-nominated hip-hop artist. And so we're going to talk to him about what it's like to be a hip-hop artist. And how, how do you how do you write rap? And how does that happen? How do you be creative? And Flame is also one of legitimately the most passionate people I know about baptism. And so I want to dive deep into why he's so passionate about baptism. I think you're going to love the answers. And Chris and I, we might just give like a rap to Flame and see like, you know, how if we have a chance in that world. Uh, I don't know. You, you, you'll see what's going to happen. But anyway, it's going to be really good. So I want to thank today uh, our sponsor. We've got a sponsor for season two, a lot of the episodes. And today's is Kerry Newhoff. He is hosting the Church Disruption Summit. And he's hosting that August 22nd, 23rd. So that's coming up real quick. Change is inevitable, but irrelevance isn't. And the reality is that far too many churches, I know this, like we're not changing quickly enough. And you talk to church leaders and they'll tell you why they want to grow. They want to be more effective. They want to reach more people. And all of that requires change. But when you get down lower and you ask them like, what's your strategy for leading change? Many church leaders, many pastors can't answer that question. That's why Kerry Newhoff is hosting the Church Disruption Summit. Uh, It's a free value-packed two-day event where you will dissect, where he's going to dissect the seven disruptive church trends that will define the church of 2032. So that's the church 10 years from now. What are the trends going to be? Let's get ahead of the game, not behind it. Let's get a strategy for it. He's going to equip us with a framework for leading change without blowing our churches apart. Come on, we all need that. So to register for free, I want you to go to churchdisruptionsummit.com. You'll leave equipped to lead something bigger, and more impactful. Again, that's churchdisruptionsummit.com to register for free. So thank you to Kerry Newhoff and his amazing value-packed course, the Church Disruption Summit. We're excited to partner with him. All right, here we go. Season two, episode one, episode 13 overall. Let's do this. All right, we're back for season two and we're coming in with a big one right from the very beginning. We have got Flame with us today. Man. Yes, the Grammy-nominated, stellar award-winning hip-hop artist is joining us today. So we are so excited to welcome Flame to the Red Letter Disciple. What's up, Flame? Let's go, Flame! Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? What's up? Dude, it is good to have you. Uh, You and I got to team up in Houston uh, about a month ago and led... 20,000 teenagers at the LCMS Youth Gathering and, and share how Jesus was in all things. And it was incredible. And I was blown away by you, man. So I want to hear your story. So I want to start with this question. Like, how'd you get to where you are today? Because you're a, a hip-hop artist, but you also have a master's theology degree from a Lutheran seminary. And I just want to say this. <laughs> what that, is that? That usually goes hand in hand, I know, that's actually. Not, yeah. yeah. Hip-hop artists and Lutherans aren't yeah. two phrases that usually yeah. get put together. So yeah. hey, actually, man. wasn't P. Diddy LCMS? 
<laughs> yes, I thought he was. I thought he yeah, was. Yeah. We'll have to check. Our, our research team will work on that. But <laughs> hey, man, walk me through your journey of, of how you got to where you are today. I'm, I'm super curious. Man, well, firstly, I'm glad to be with you, gentlemen. Uh, this is fun already. So thank you for having <laughs> me. <laughs> but no, it, it's been a great journey. So I grew up always influenced by hip hop culture and rap music. And then my grandmother, I credit her for giving me the genius idea. She's like, man, you're always rapping songs and quoting rap lyrics. She's like, why don't you study your schoolwork, write songs about it, and then when you take your tests, you know all the answers because you written a song. I said, oh my goodness, genius. So she introduced to me just this sort of notion of edutainment. So you can learn through the music. And I just carried that throughout my education. And then as I became more in tune with my faith and learning things about the Reformation, I started to incorporate theology and doctrine in my music. So as I was, you know, led to the Lutheran space, I said, I cannot hide these amazing truths from my audience. I want them to be exposed to the things that I'm growing from. And so that combination of things came together. So here I am, <laughs> a Lutheran rapper. <laughs> and my mom gave me the same advice in school. And, and you know, that's why I got to where I am today. I just wrapped those, you know, yeah. seminary tests and everything. That's why I got these in the seminary. <laughs> I was, yeah, there you go. So that's cool. So how, yeah, how did you get introduced? So I, I know that the Jesus has been a, a huge part of your your music from the beginning. Did you grow up with Christ in, in your childhood too, or t walk me through those years? Yeah, for sure. So I, I credit my grandmother, as, as mentioned, and my mom. They, they were the two pillars that really attracted me to Jesus, uh, faith in Christ. So just through testimonies and stories and just seeing them read the Bible and practice their faith in front of me, it just drew me in. And while I was sort of on the fence in terms of I wanted to be normal and just be a regular kid in the hood like everybody else, mm -hmm. while at the same time I had this Christian informed conscience that wouldn't allow me to just throw my life away. So I was always kind of stuck in a balance. And then just through a series of events, um, I ended up getting kicked out of my high school. Crazy story. But on the way home from the orientation at this new school, I was in a tragic accident, hit three times by an 18 wheeler carrying fuel. Spinning down the highway in a 360, it was a 12 car pileup. It was just, it was, it was horrible. I had to do physical therapy for a year or so just to recover. And I went to my grandmother, actually, I said, why did God let this happen? I prayed, I said the magic words in Jesus's name, and I still got into the accident. And she's like, I don't know why, I can't answer that for you, but maybe God's trying to get your attention. Maybe you should turn to him and, you know, sort of double down on the faith that you do have. And about a week or so after that, she died, man, and that just crushed me. And I, I, I didn't, my, my world was spinning again. So just through those series of events, I started to ask the big questions. Why am I here? Uh, I miss my grandmother. And that's what the Lord really used to reel me in. And I just went Jesus crazy after that, bro. In terms of the <laughs> art, the music and sharing my faith, I snapped in a good way. And yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of times people after an incident like that don't snap in a good way. Right. You know, yeah. and like, that's compelling. Also, what's kind of compelling to me is that you grew up listening to hip hop and those two cultures are so different, man. You look back at like 80s and 90s, like hip hop and it's the, the big chains and all this stuff. It's like such a weird paradox, man. Yeah. Like 
yeah. you know, where like bragging about how much money, how many ladies, and now like you've got this yeah. side, and you've got you who just produced an amazing uh, set of songs where you talk about the catechism and Jesus and baptism. Like, dude, that's so cool. Man, I love it. I love the, you know, it really puts people in a juxtaposition because as you yes. mentioned, um, while hip hop did start off with just sort of like a party vibe and just telling yeah. the story of the inner city, I mean, it, it quickly turned to the gang culture, drug culture and celebrating the criminal activity. So there was a sense in which the church was caught off guard by just a collection of young people that were excited about rap in general and then trying to combine it with the gospel. It was just very awkward. So it was just a season of really trying to educate the elders, uh, the, that are, the elderly that are the giants in the faith that handed the faith down to us. And we wanted to convince them as, you know, guys who they're passing the baton to and young ladies they're passing the baton to, that it may look different in terms of how we communicate this ancient truth from the scriptures, but we do have the heart of God. We do have the Holy Spirit leading us. So just that, that sort of season of education is necessary and was necessary. And I imagine will always be necessary. But if mm -hmm. we can continue to talk across the generations and inform one another of what we're up to, I think we'll always have that trust and we can draw wisdom from one another and reach the world together. You know, that's yeah, great. That's awesome. I, I want to go yeah. go there a little bit, like because uh, let me set it up a, a little bit I, I, in 2020, August. So several months after the pandemic, I wrote this blog. Uh, you know, the 10 predictions of the future church in America, and who, you know, some of them might have happened, some might not. But I put 10 things in there and I put some things like, you know, the church is going to lose 30 percent. They're not coming back. I put some things about, you know, the online church. Is it a church? Th those are going to be the new wars and the worship wars might go away. Um, but but the one that I put in there that got the most uh, feedback and comments, I'm, I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, okay. I put hip hop and rap will be the fastest growing worship song genre. And so I wrote underneath it then, like hip hop and rap continue to dominate the charts amongst the youth. And I highly doubt many churches are thinking about creating worship music in this style. Taking lessons from YouTubers, we need to be putting our own agendas aside and creating content that the younger generations want to consume. It may annoy some of us to listen to hip hop music and to have animations flash across the screen, but these are things we must consider in the future if we're serious about engaging with and reaching our youth. And if we're not serious about reaching the church of the future, the church simply has no future. And that one, out of all of them, I got texts, oh, I got yeah. emails, uh -oh. I got Facebook, like, <laughs> you know, we can handle everything else, but no. Yeah. So I, I want to hear, though, like, why, and I like the way out this question, yeah. why has hip hop gotten a bad rap? Hey, oh. Hey, come on. Hey, oh. From, from the church. Why do you think it. that is? Yeah, you know, this is, I, I, I certainly understand it because if you look at the statistics, the data, unfortunately, in a lot of ways, hip hop has been the soundtrack to, um, yeah, just a lot of societal ills. You mm -hmm. know, I wouldn't say that rap music is the cause or the origin. As Christians, we know that's obviously sin and the fallenness of the world. But certainly rap music in general has been the soundtrack of a lot of, of a lot of it. So it makes sense that those who came before us are skeptical. So we have to respect that skepticism. We have to let it exist and um, and feel it as well so that, that it makes us sensitive as we are communicating to our brothers and sisters who are older than us or on the fence. So when you think about that and then you ask the question, OK, now how can we sort of help them see that this is redeemable? Then we mm -hmm. go back to ideas like. 
God is the creator of music. He's the creator of sound. He's the creator of, you know, blending sounds that pair well together. So if we can see it as, as a thing that's innocent in and of itself, yeah. but has been sort of usurped by the mainstream society or the enemy, if you will, the devil sure. himself and his imps, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. then we can see what if Christians can get a hold of it yield it to the lordship of jesus christ and sort of shave off the fat the things that do offend god the things that do not help in a corporate setting the things that may you know i guess in terms of modesty or certain mm-hmm. language if we can carve those things out and still have something that's pure and preservable then we can couple it with the gospel and i think we've seen this musical journey before in terms of traditional gospel music comes from the blues um, hymns may even have their origin and some mainstream things that were going on um, and, and so on it goes. So we've seen this before with other forms of music. Now is hip is rap music's turn to sort of be filtered and reshaped so that Christians can use it. And then the people that are sort of the gatekeepers for our faith can look at it afresh and say, wow, I never saw it in this light. I like how you all are taking Jesus seriously. You're taking the content seriously, but you still want to have fun. You still want to reach people. So we just need to have that conversation. That's all. And do you feel like that needle is moving? I really do. I really do. Because honestly, the youth is so funny. So people will bring me out for a concert and they'll give me a lot of disclaimers. You know, our kids don't (laughs) listen to rap music. You know, they may not get into the concert because it's foreign to them. And I always know it's the complete opposite. It's like your youth you. are listening to rap music. They are on TikTok. They know all the challenges, all the dances. You may not know, but <laughs> yeah. I know that exactly. they know. And so then true. when they see the concert, they're like, oh my goodness, I've never seen these kids jump so high, scream so loud. What if they learn how to dance like that? And it's just, you know, when you see the goodness of God's creation being expressed out loud, and then it's submitted to the Lord, and it's Lutheran in context. <laughs> It's the it's the best of all worlds. So I say we should have an open mind, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, Flame, where did the name Flame come from? Ooh, good question. Uh, so as a as a you as a youth and a and a new, I guess, um, sort of convert, if you will, I was really reading through the scriptures and I was I was trying to see if I would identify with anybody in particular, and I did. So the prophet Jeremiah, he just he had the responsibility of saying things, hard things that people wow. just didn't want to hear. And it got him into a lot of trouble. He's just like, you know what, God, I'm not going to make mention of your name anymore. But then he says, but your word is like a fire shot up in my bones. And I, I resonated with that. I was like, man, I feel that same drive, that urge to say things that need to be said, but in love. But I can't bring myself out from underneath this, this passion to say it, to communicate it. So hence the name Flame, that fire. Very cool. Yep. Very cool. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> You said Man. a couple of years ago you were introduced to Lutheranism. I'm just curious, like, what were a couple of the major things in the Lutheran theology and teachings that resonated with you um, that have caused you to to make this? I, again, it's always been Jesus centered, but to make this pivot to be very intentional in your theology. For sure. So it was interesting because a friend of mine recommended Concordia Seminary um, as it was recommended to him by a Reformed Baptist <laughs> seminary professor and pastor. So that's that's kind wow, of a wow. funny thing, right? Yeah. So 
So my friends communicating that to me, like, bro, we got to check out the school, Concordia Seminary. My professor says it's hands down superior in theological training. So I visit the campus, fall in love with the campus. And then when it's time to test into the program, I get sent a collection of books. And then I'm reading things about baptismal regeneration. I'm like, wait, is this book upside down? Because I've never heard this and this is weird. And uh, But it was it was the justification by faith that drew me in, because as a Reformed Baptist Calvinist at the time, that made sense to me. That was something I was already convinced of by the scriptures. So moving into that space and just sort of sitting and soaking, I was like, let me just hear them out. And I just fell in love with the idea of extra notes, the fact that God does something from outside of us. And it's not so much of us looking within to perfectly align our affections with him, to be living at such an Ivy League level sanctification performance that God says, wow, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. That really started to bring life and oxygen back into my Christian walk. And I said, I know so many people, pastors, lay leaders, lay people alike that are secretly struggling to impress God, hoping that they can earn their way in. Although they know on paper we can't earn our salvation, but functionally they still feel like we have to. And that's, they're kind of scared and terrified. So I said, I, this is what Lutheranism shines yeah. in alleviating that burden and helping people to rest in the hope and the freedom in the gospel, but also to be active in the world, sharing your talents and your skills, contributing good. This is the strength of the Lutheran tradition. So I said, I have to get this out to save people in that regard. <laughs> I mean, it, it really sounds a lot like Martin Luther's struggle, like when he moved from Catholicism right. to Lutheranism and how he struggled mm-hmm. about whether he was being good enough and, mm-hmm. and achieving what he should achieve. Man, that's that's yeah. a cool story. Go ahead. Did you? Yeah. Did you feel the weight prior to this of like trying to earn and do good and was that like crushing in, in some respect or is that why it was so I guess eye-opening and heart heart shifting when you when you read through it man my goodness absolutely so you know and and I and I I never want to take shots at my reformed baptist brothers I have great friendships and relationships there I still cherish and hold dear to those people and, and good things I gained but I always say that the way that they have sanctification arranged in the room you'll always stub your toe. You're always, it's just, it's just going to happen because the, the giants that gave us Calvinism, including Calvin himself, um, were very interested in the affections and the internal workings of your motivations and um, trying to do things to God's glory in such a way that you're very preoccupied with looking within to see what's going on in there. And the Bible is very clear that the heart is wicked, deceitful, continuously. Who can know it? The Bible says in Genesis 6. So it's a bit presumptuous to think that we have the forensic insight to plumb the depths of our own soul and to know what's going on in there. And when you're stuck inside, it just becomes soul crushing because you're always going to see your own inconsistencies, your own hypocrisy, your own disintegration. So I feel like what Lutheranism did was bring me out of myself to focus on Christ and his finished work. Now with my sanctification, I can do good in the world as opposed to being so absorbed with, am I good enough? Are my motivations pure enough? Are my affections perfectly aligned with how Jesus would feel about this? What would Jesus not only do, but what would he feel? Right. And I had to break out of that mindset. 
Awesome. That's cool. What, yeah. So what about your journey though? Because like not, I would assume if someone's in a career 15, 20 years and they're successful at it, <laughs> did you want to do theolog? Like not many people are like, Oh, I should do theological training now. Um, so I get that someone told you Concordia seminary, but were you looking for theological training? Like why was that an important piece of your, your story? Yeah. So I, I, I credit a group by the name of cross movement because they were just a group of Christian rap artists that had graduated from a few theological seminaries. And they really laid the blueprint for everything that is Christian rap today. So the biggest artists and the biggest things that are happening in Christian rap all have their roots back to cross movement, in my opinion. So they really modeled that for us, helping us as younger guys understand that if we're going to use rap music, we have to use it in a way that the church can see it as useful. So let's take theological training seriously. Um, let's be very focused and intentional on the ministry aspect, as well as the music and the business. So I, I give a big hat tip to those guys. So in, in keeping with that, as I was learning Lutheran theology, I wanted to also put that in the bloodstream so that people can not only have good things from the Calvinistic Reformation, but I wanted them to also be exposed to Luther and Lutheran's contribution to the Reformation and just Christianity in general, because it's a missing piece in the mainstream evangelical world and it needed to happen. So yeah, I contribute that to cross movement and our legacy. Yeah. Very cool. That's yeah. cool. And so from what I know of you, I don't know that I've in the last couple of years seen a person uh, on a mission and more hyped up about baptism, what it is, okay. the benefits of it. So again, I, I, you, you spoke a little bit, well, why are you so passionate about baptism and that we get this right? Yes, it, it's, it's the same through line. So from the sort of generic American church, baptism is really seen as a work. It's seen as something that we do when we're either ready to prove to God and to those around us that we're serious about Jesus or maybe we were serious we fell off now we're ready to hit reset and we're now it's time to get baptized again to show we're serious this time so uh, again it's more internal focus it's more weight put on what we bring to the table as an expression to god of how ready or serious we are mm. and that's just a that's just the upside down of it all because baptism is a gift yeah. from god to us it's him saying here is, here is a visible word that assures you, that keeps you, comforts you, empowers you to live this crazy life, knowing that the Spirit has already buried you and brought you back alive in Christ when he died and rose. So rest in that and know that every day you're living in the power of your baptism. You are good with God. You're free. So I want people to, to have that oxygen flowing through their brain and their soul so that they can enjoy life and have fun and do good in the world without being afraid that one day, out here, Matthew 7, God, did I not do this in your name and do songs in your name and sing worship and go on mission trips? And then Jesus will say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. People are really horrified yeah. and terrified by passages like that because they're wrongly understood. So we need Lutheran exegesis. We need the doctrine of baptism to be another tool in a tool belt for people to know God is for us. Amen. Yeah. So good. I, I heard in there that because I want to, I want to dive into maybe a, a few other common misperceptions about baptism. I, I heard in there, uh, it's God's work, not our work, and that's a, a huge misperception. Anytime that we think it's more about us than what God's doing is ridiculous. Um, and so, what are some other common misperceptions that that are out there when it comes to baptism? 
Yeah, for sure. So a lot of people think that, um, you know, not only is it our work, but they also feel like that the mode, like a lot of people are very hypersensitive, where you sprinkle, where you fully immersed, and they put a lot of weight on that. And my thing is, okay, that's interesting that you're very like hyped up about that. But in your mind, baptism isn't a point of uh, supernatural working. So it's really just a symbol or a metaphor or a punchline that points back to something Jesus did a long time ago. So I want people to know, let's not put a lot of emphasis on the mode um, Mm -hmm. as much as what's actually happening in this moment using something as regular as water. God is bringing life. He's bringing someone into the newness of, you know, salvation. So we should see it as that. Um, and then a lot of people get hung up on things like, um, you know, spirit baptism. So they'll go to certain passages in the book of Acts and they'll say, we don't need to worry about water baptism. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit where he gives us all these supernatural gifts. And I just want to say to people, again, that's just adding a burden, forcing people to, you know, perform out here to prove that they're very spiritual now. So let's 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 take the emphasis away from our work, our performance, our external signs and put it back where the scripture does, which is God's work, this gift he's given us in baptism. So all roads lead to resting in Christ, living life and enjoying it as you're doing good in the world for the sake of those around you. I could listen to you for an hour. This is fantastic. Uh, this is man, awesome. You guys give me the good questions, man. Man, I, well, I was saying, like, I had a spiritual mentor. Um, I I didn't know Jesus, you know, growing up. I, I grew up in an agnostic home, and uh, I had a spiritual mentor one time come to me as um, I was considering uh baptizing my child and he said to me, Look at it this way, look at it this way. Um it, on Christmas morning, when you're six years old, you ran downstairs, right? Yeah, you ran downstairs. What'd you do? You saw all those Christmas presents under the tree, right? Yeah. What'd you do? Well, I sorted out all my, all my presents first, and I didn't care about the other presents. What'd you do? I unwrapped all those presents before somebody else even unwrapped their own presents. You know, like I tore them apart. He goes, that's what baptism should be like. He goes, it's a free gift. You unwrap that present the second it's given to you because there's nothing you did to earn that Christmas present present maybe you so like zach you got some coal but the point is like you go down there and that's the image that i see when i talk to people about it man god gave you a present under that tree go down there and unwrap it as soon as you can and we've got to fight a lot of the uh southern like misconceptions of what baptism is so anywho but yeah i love that i love that that's a that's a great image because it is a gift and uh we do want to lay hold of the gift that's that's what a gift is for Right. You know, and the giver of the gift is he's lifted up. He's glorified. He's excited to see you open the gift. You know, that's part of the relational dynamic. So I think to to reposition it the way it is in the scriptures and the way you described it is the healthiest way forward, the most biblical way forward. And I think even people that are leaving Christianity, um, they're they're tapping out because they feel overwhelmed by this unattainable thing. I think they'll be attracted back to their Lord as they hear Lutheranism expanded in the world. So that's why I always say we need to be Lutheran out loud in the arts and the like, so that people can know afresh that Jesus is for us. Seriously. We need to stop with this guy's time. He needs to produce more stuff. We're the, <laughs> we got to get playing, making, making music every day. Yeah, Seriously, man. <laughs> 
Well, and I remember, yes, being in Florida for 11 years and planting and leading a church there, you know, where, where these, the other side, the Calvinist side, the reform side is, is more prominent than I would say where I live now in the Midwest. It's where it's very mixed. Um, But it was like, nobody knew infant baptism was a thing that like everybody didn't understand. And so what I love to do is like, take these things like baptism, throw the Lord's supper in there, throw our understanding of free will versus bondage of the will in there and talk to people and say, you guys thought this was good. And the way you believe it, like it is good, but it's actually way better when you look at what it really is. So I think it's so so cool that you're opening up eyes, man, and and not just eyes, but minds and hearts to in your world, because there's not a lot, there's not enough of it. And so I'm really grateful that you are, you are being that Jeremiah in, uh, in your world to, to so many. So kudos, man. And I always see like people on Facebook and I know you've seen these too, man, I wish there were more artist in in the in the lcms i wish there were more content producers in the lcms like i I pray that this is an opportunity where like my kids came back from the youth gathering and they were reinvigorated they had no idea that there was a flame that you know (laughs) spoke these kinds of truths that you know they they could go in and and put it on their their iphone and they didn't have to hide the music from dad like this is awesome (laughs) yeah Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Really that's cool. beautiful. And we, need, we I, I pray as well. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, we could talk baptism and stuff for hours. But here's the cool thing: Flame actually does. He, he's got a podcast called Extra Nos N O S, and he gets into hour long baptism conversations yeah, regularly. That's so cool. And so, if you want more on that, and we'll we'll put all that the link to that in the show notes as well. But uh, keep doing what you're doing there. I want to, I want to do a little pivot and just as a hip hop rap artist, like what's the creative uh, process? I write books and so, and sermons yeah. and things like that, but I imagine it might be a little different, maybe not. So I kind of want to know like, what's the creative process in, in writing a rap song? Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's similar in terms of, you know, collecting ideas, get like getting a big idea that you want to talk about. And then you narrow down, you know, what sort of, points you want to make from that big idea but what's important also is knowing the sound palette of current mainstream rap music so that's going to be very important to the listeners so I have to do necessary homework and research to make sure that the instrumentation the structure of the song sounds like current rap music because then that just shows I appreciate the art so that's something I'm gonna take seriously I'm gonna listen to a bunch of mainstream music And then I'm going to, you know, kind of decipher the sound. And then I'm going to see what the subject matter is, because as we mentioned earlier, the subject matter changes. One minute it could be talking about gang culture. The next minute it could be talking about materialism. The next minute it's about relationships. So I want to at least understand what the main thrust is. And then I can communicate what I want to say to those types of topics. So that's a part of the process. And then I gather all my theological pieces. So I might be listening to a podcast, reading a few books on the subject, and then I have to collect all those pieces and make it rhyme and then try to make it sound cool. So yeah, it's a crazy process, but I don't do it alone. So I have other producers that also are, you know, into the the culture of hip hop and rap music. And we'll just go back and forth. I'll send them things. They'll say, this is hideous. Try it again. And then I'll (laughs) tweak it, make it better. Then they'll say, this is great. Let's put it out. So I have people also that are not yes men, but they really care about the art like I do. And we just try to make a good product. So it's super fun, though. I love it. I love the back and forth. 
<laughs> so you have a you have a team of trusted people like that are they're helping you mix that are helping you write that those yeah. kind of things yeah yeah so, now they it's so funny because in rap music it's taboo to have other writers okay so the, the only way i can like have help writing is if a person contributes like the chorus or the hook i got you. but in terms of the actual verses i wouldn't be taken seriously if someone else wrote my verses so that's another one of those quirky hip hop thing that you sort of have to honor as well. So, but I actually love that because I get to say what I want to say and what's been said before or and say it in a new way and do it in a hip hop format. So that's fun. Well, you're <laughs> definitely saying it in a new way. That's yeah. awesome. Man. You, man. And I, yeah. I was wondering though, why you weren't accepting my invitation to help write verses. Now I know. Um, in <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Uh, I'm like, well, you. you know, there's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just I think you can do it, though. I think you, you can know, do it, man. Well, at the end, you're going to get my oh. first uh, debut of rap, and Ooh. I'm going to have you coach me. Um, and so and. I, I heard there, and I didn't do all the things you just said. I heard right. subject <laughs> is important, yeah. the sound yeah. of the current day, and rhyming, um, all those. I may have a couple of those. No, but anyway. he's got none of those in his rap. <laughs> He is literally zero for three. So not true. <laughs> All right. So I want to know, you do get to reach a lot of people through your music right now. Is there a common thread or issue or subject that, that you are uh, seeing right now to the people that you minister to? And if so, like what, what is that common thread? Yeah. A big one right now is mental health. So a lot of people are concerned about, um, you know, anxiety, depression, which is interesting because I think it stems from in the mainstream society, the solution is to look within, to find mm. your true self or to find the God within. So it's like, you know, no real new tricks as far as the devil is concerned. It's just repackaged. So, um, so again, that's why I think Lutheranism should rule the day because we have the answer to all of the looking within, whether it's from, you know, um, just generic American evangelicalism, or if it's from mainstream thought, we have a monopoly, I would argue, on how to better understand the text and what God is really doing for us outside of us. So I think that's one. Um, I think another one is people are trying to figure out how, how to be themselves, and that's hard to define. You know, we got all these sort of new pronouns to think about ourselves in, in different terms, um, but we have a book called the Bible in which God has already communicated what the self is and the yeah. starting point of understanding what the human experience is all about. So that, those are things I'm sort of picking up on as I listen to the heartbeat of mainstream music and rap music in particular and trying to speak to those. It's good. Yeah. So you've written uh, and recorded a lot of songs. Uh, I just, do you have a favorite or is that like way too hard? It's like picking, you Ooh. know, yeah. Man, that is hard. Like I always say, it's like asking a parent to uh, pick their favorite kid. You know, oh, I can do um, that. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> you like that's easy. All of them. Oh, never mind. Cut that. Cut that. It is. It's hard. It, it's difficult because, yeah, you just have a relationship with each song in a different way. So I don't know. Right, well, I don't let know. me ask. Okay, let me ask it a different way then, because as a preacher, like sometimes I preach a message that I. You know, I didn't think was great. And God moves, of course, every time we open up his word, whether we do that through preaching, through music, like he moves, we get that. But sometimes I feel like I don't have a great message and like God just does something. And then other times, like, I feel like I actually got a really good message and it kind of falls yeah. flat. So maybe is there a song of yours that either one that you thought, oh, this one could be really good. And it was kind of like a dud or one that was like, <laughs> I don't like this one, but that everybody's loved. Everyone loves it. 
Yes, I do. And that's so funny how that works because you think there are these patterns that you notice over time and you can pick up on the hits and you can tell which ones won't work. But no, the people really decide. So I think, um, let me see, there was a song I wrote years ago titled Joyful Noise. Yeah. That uh no, I didn't like it. It was it just was a song. We put it at the end of the project, and uh it was the last song on the project, but it took off. I mean, it dominated the charts and everything. So it was just like, you don't know. And then um, and the so on my latest project, Word and Water, the first song is titled He Delivers. It's just like a melodic song that I thought was a smooth transition coming off of the intro. And I loved it, but I didn't really think much of it. But it's become the favorite off of my latest project. And it's mm. like, man, I, I can't predict it. I can't predict it. So the people have the power. I kind of see you, Flame. I kind of see you, Flame, as like a pioneer in the sense that there's mm. not a lot. I mean, it, you, you think back and you see the TV shows where the guys were traveling in the covered wagon going west, you know, and there's yes. there's no roads and they have no idea what they're going to experience. And and now you found Lutheranism and you've been doing things, you know, songs that nobody has ever done like you really are a pioneer in this side uh and so i my question to you is because i can't name another um well let me say it this way lutheran hip-hop artist that i i know off the top of my head who are the inspirations for you like musically who are what like what yeah that i guess that's my question who uh and so what do you like and what how do you get inspired by other kinds of music yeah, it's it's so funny. So um, one fun fact, I don't listen to a lot of music. Okay. Because uh, sometimes it feels like hanging out on my job on my day off. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to work when I don't have to be there that day. Right. So sometimes I don't listen to the music, period. But then when I do tap in, um, there's an artist named KB that I really enjoy. Um, he just has a, a way with words and cadence and uh, just having his finger on the pulse of rap music. There's another another artist by the name of Mike Real. He's another brilliant guy who just, he's just a, the master of punchlines and, and metaphors and similes. So he kills it in that regard. And uh, yeah, so those, those are two guys that, that I really go to to just get sort of charged up. And then uh, I'll get in a booth. But outside of that, yeah, I'm really going to just be listening to some mainstream music for a mm -hmm. season just to get the spirit of yeah. the day. And then after that, I'll check out because I can't I can't do too much of it because it's just like, <laughs> all right, I'm full. I'm about to vomit from this, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of my my way of in taking music and being inspired by it. <laughs> you know what? I, re I really respect that because, uh, you know, sometimes, well, I'm talking like 10, 15 years ago, we talked about this earlier mm -hmm. when you would see a Christian production, right? Like a TV show or a film show or a movie, it, it would always be lesser quality, you know, like mm -hmm. until like, uh, what was the one Mel Gibson did? Uh, Passion. Passion of the Christ, Passion. right? That's yeah. like, to me, that's like the first time where somebody's like, you know what? A Christian production does not have to be lower quality. It does not have to be substandard, you know, yeah. and money was invested. And that was a real masterpiece of art that yeah. actually I could only watch once because I <laughs> right. freaking devastated, you know, Same. but I'm saying like, I appreciate that because it's almost like you can go into that other culture and not be absorbed by it. But because of your art, you want to see what other kind of art is out there. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, thank you, man. And people, people, people notice that too. Like, 
because if I want to reach non-Christians or people in the arts, I want to show them that I value what you do in this space. So that's part of the witness is caring enough to make sure my drums hit the right way, to make sure my strings are mixed the right way, to make sure my pianos are nurtured in the song. So as as a person that may not be a Christian, that I want them to hear the gospel, I also want them to know I value the good thing in creation that you do. And that helps the conversation and the relationship already from the gates. As they say, man, I could respect this dude. I may not agree with him theologically or my worldview may be different, but we both like good art. And I think that's just a a good way to serve neighbor as well. Sure. So you're on the road a lot touring and doing concerts. I'm kind of curious, like what, because that's kind of a little bit of a disruption in the day to day. Uh, But if it's always what you do, then maybe it's not as much of a disruption. But I'm curious, like, how do you say strong? How do you stay strong in the faith when you're traveling, when when life appears at least chaotic on the outside a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So one of the things I do with my schedule is I try to make sure I'm back on Sundays. So I really take that seriously because, um, you know, even moving into the Lutheran space, I already value the the community of saints. But now that I have the truth in my mind and in my experience about the sacraments, I don't want to miss the Lord's Supper. You know, I want that assurance. I want that forgiveness of sin. Um, So that's something that I really try to take seriously is being present in the local assembly. Um, And then I also have just a team of people that I can just be Marcus. I don't have to be flame. I don't have to perform in front of them. I could be transparent and honest. Um, And then, you know, I I have a couple of aunts. So not to go in this sort of sad direction, but in 2020, I lost both of my parents. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to my aunts and my cousins and I'm like, you all are no longer my aunts. You're you're my moms, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and my cousins, you're my brothers and you're my sisters. So I really try to stay close to my family as well. And yeah, just have that that sense of connection to real people, real issues. And then I'll sometimes I'll try to get in a certain space where people don't know I'm flame. Um, so I may be there just as a random stranger doing something. I don't know what kind of service, but something that just reminds me, it's not about me. At the yeah. end of the day, people don't necessarily care. So I like to feel that. You know, I think that's helpful. <laughs> it may be strange, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I got to hear your story of your parents and uh, you shared that at the youth gathering and yeah. uh, just really helped a lot of, of students that, and, and I think that's what I appreciate about your story, even hear a little more of the backstory is as we mentioned earlier, like sometimes in suffering and tragedy, uh, it can go one of two ways. And for you, it feels like it always presses you further into God, mm-hmm. um, into relationship with him. Cause I know there's a lot of people listening right now that they're struggling or they just had something tragic happen. Gosh, we've been a couple years of just co- loss after loss after loss yeah. collectively, but also then individuals. Yeah. And, and so I think that's a really great thing. And it sounds like you've had a lot of great, um, spiritual females in your life with mom, grandma, aunts. Uh, that's really, really an awesome blessing. Yeah. Shout out to the ladies, man. The, the <laughs> women are <laughs> they're uniquely gifted, you know, and, I, you know, prayerfully, um, God will continue to raise up godly men as he's always done, sure. you know. Um, but yeah, so I would hope to, you know, develop something that's from Extra Nose Academy that can excite a younger generation of artists and young men to be that so we could be mentors and in a hip hop space and um, in a local church and just stand up and be who we're supposed to be, you know? Yep. I love it. 
So yeah. if you could challenge our audience, Flame, uh, to do one thing this week, we, we want to really always challenge our listeners to grow as disciples. So if you could yeah. issue one challenge practically that everyone could do, what would you what would you issue? What challenge? Yeah, I think one good challenge, and I'm challenging myself too with this same thing, is even if it's just for a day, a week, but ch- just a challenge to hear God's voice. And what I mean by that is there are all these competing voices, right? So you have um, your social media comment section, you have your amount of likes, you have trending topics, all these voices that are competing to tell us what we ought to prioritize, how we ought to feel about ourselves, comparing our reshares and likes with other people's. So all these ideas that are just sort of bombarding the mind and the, and the sort of emotional sensory on how to feel and what to think about ourselves and others. That's that. But let's yeah. just maybe take a day or a week and, and, and read something from God's word, uh, a chapter, an entire book, and see what God has to say about who we are as people, how much he loves us, how he wants us to treat other people, how he wants us to be excited about how we serve with our gifts and our talents. So just take some time, just hear God's voice and believe that and function from that point outward. That's that's a helpful challenge to myself and others. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Very good. So, all right, listeners, if you do that, let's hashtag red letter disciple, whether it's social media, or if you're watching on YouTube, throw it in the comments below, but let's take some time as flame challenged us to listen in a world where there's a lot of competing voices. Yes. Let's listen to God's voice. And uh, that can make all the difference in the world. Cause here's what I've seen. And I've heard about God's voice every time is it's uh, for flame, right? It's always a voice of love grace and kindness it's it's never condemning and gosh the more <laughs> the more we hear it in that way yeah the more the world will change right amen 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 that's amen. a great challenge i love it well, okay so. so flame every at the end of every episode we try to do something unique and fun and right. I, I don't know if you know this it's I, definitely going to be unique i have zero music <laughs> talent but i have had legitimate dreams of making it all the way to the finals <laughs> of american idol it's going to be tough with no musical talent right (laughs) but in my dreams it happened so like i've always wanted to be a musician and um you know and i've tried different things and nothing's panned out i've not tried rap before so i thought since i've got you know one of the greatest rappers in the world with us um i want to see how you know what where i'm at and and possibly if this goes way differently than i think (laughs) perhaps he could be the second most popular lcms (laughs) It can happen. Dreams come true. I mean, dreams come true. I could also win the Kentucky Derby on two feet, but I don't think that's going to happen either. But let's 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 just see. Let's okay. See. So to set hey. it up a little bit, and and I, I want you to listen to the rap, and I want you okay. to give your advice and coach. <laughs> Chris is going to be my ally in it. So we're it's yeah. together. It's not just me. Yeah. Um, okay. I'd like to know, yeah. like after it as well, like what you would name us, uh, what our rap names Ooh. would be. Okay. And <laughs> what I think that's okay. Yeah, but I, I mean, start... honestly, Flame, you do have a knack for great names. Yeah, so maybe you can. Name. That's a great name. All right. So, all right. I'm a, okay, my wheels are turning. Okay, right. okay. All right. Then the last, yeah. th- the last caveat here, because this is not what I'm not a rap. This is not what I do. You don't have to say that again. So, <laughs> so... <laughs> like disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah. So, but I, but I, st- I started with a little bit of a head start, is what I'm saying. I already had the beat. Yeah, uh, okay. from a song that I heard a lot in my childhood. Maybe you've heard um, it. It's, it's it's more of a parody of a rap rap song than yeah. my own okay. original, but it's got my words in it. It's from 
Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> oh, classic. 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 Yeah, classic. Yeah, but we have renamed it Grace Grace Baby. And so Ooh. because baptism, baptism, baby didn't work. It was too many, <laughs> with too many syllables. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. Are we ready for this? You ready? Right. Slamer, are you ready? I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Right. I'm going to take all my cynicism away, Zach. All right. Let's do this. I'm really nervous right, all right. now. This all is right. my big Let's moment. Let's go. Ooh. Ooh. Swag. Yo, double C. Let's kick it. All right, stop. Come to the altar. Listen. Grace is here with a new invitation. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flowing right through me daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, God said no. Turn off the lights. Watch me glow. To the extreme, I've been living like a vandal. Light on a hill. I'm not even a candle. Dance. But I'm a lifeless soul. Every single day falling short of the goal. Falling. What I was before grace found me. Nothing to offer but a broken entity. Love, Love it, it or leave, leave it. it. It's sola fide. Come on, believe it. This God don't play. If there was a problem, yo, he solves it. Check out the cross where my Jesus absolves it. Grace, grace, baby. Dun, 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 dun. Grace, grace, baby. Dun, 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 dun. That's all I got. That's it. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant, gentlemen. Sound effects right there. Oh wow! Yeah, I just I had to had to pull out the applause, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Right, I don't know. No. Hey, Flame. Just real quick. I don't know if your greatest work happens at Panera, but ours did. <laughs> uh, we wrote it at the Panera. I lost a crown off a tooth, and then this song it came happens. out. So this is it exactly happens, bro. Happened. Okay, those, so those the, battle so the good, the bad, the ugly. I <laughs> yeah. want to hear it all, and I need to know yeah. what our rap hey. names are. Right. All right. Woo. Okay, so firstly, I big hat tip because y'all had it down pat. So you were leading, obviously, with the bars. And then your right-hand man came in with the ad-libs, and he was right on top of that. So that was that was flawless. That was flawless. So, yeah, big hat tip. Wow. Um, in terms of um, I would love to next time hear this song with the beat. That would yeah, be crazy. Yeah. That would just Copyright, give it a whole other vibe. So, you know, we can work on that next time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But all in all, it was, it was excellent. The content was there. So you guys stuck on topic and y'all gave us the sound doctrine and theology in the song. Mm -hmm. So A plus, and you were true to the original song, which lets the fans of the record know, no, we know this song. We care about this song. Yeah. But we got something new to say with this cadence. So another <laughs> hat tip for that. So y'all hey, did it, man. Hey, can I tell you what the line that Zach was most proud of that he was he walked out of Panera with a little puffed up chest after this one. It was check out the cross where my Jesus absolves it. That's Are you the one kidding? that stood out to me? Yes. That is if there was a problem, yo, he solves it. Check out the cross where my Jesus absolves yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I felt Ooh, I do get bars. Bars. Did you get a name for us? Yeah, or not quite I, yet. Man, I'm I'm working on the name. Let me see. Um let me see. Uh, woo, I, I think I might call you two gentlemen. Um, Blood Red. Blood Red. Blood Red. Oh, like Blood that. Red Brothers. Blood Red Brothers. There we go. Oh, yeah, please. I yeah. love it. Okay. Yeah. We're the Blood Red bro Brothers. I'm All gonna, right. I'm going to send me to play off the Red Letter Challenge. The Blood oh. of Christ, Brothers in Christ, oh, based on the blood oh, of Jesus. You feel oh. me? There it Man. is. Well, I'm going to pull down my new Facebook page, which was LIL Flame. I was gonna be Lil Flame, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like or and initially I had 
I had Becca flicker. Work. I had flicker. <laughs> flicker skin. <laughs> flicker. A flame. I don't know. Maybe that's Ember. Great. We'll go with Ember. How about that? Oh, that's dude. If you you should start a discipleship where you bring up young guys and they're yeah. all like you know like matchstick Ember. Yeah. <laughs> we can tell that they're part of your process. <laughs> my sizzle. That's my sizzle right there. <laughs> oh, it's good. Yo, matchstick. All right. Well, hey. <laughs> This was fun. Yeah, yeah, was this good. is a great way to kick off season two of the Red Letter Disciple. All right, Flame, if people yeah. want to connect with your music, uh, you also got yeah. some really great merch. Uh, if they want to get involved with the Extra Nose Academy podcast, where can where can people find you these days? Yes, indeed. You can go to extranoseacademy.com. So everything is there, the podcast, the merch. Um, the music links. So that's a hub. So extranoseacademy.com. You can also find me on social media at flame314. And I'm on TikTok at flameextranose. So tap in and uh, yeah, let's have some fun. Let's make good art. Let's uh, be a light in the world, you know? Yeah. All right. Amen. The Blood yeah. Red Brothers and Flame, Ooh. we are out of here. Thanks, Flame, for being a part of this, man. We appreciate you, dude. Keep doing no, what you're doing. Sure. Thank y'all for having me. This is fun. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Well, we kicked off the Red Letter Disciples season two the right way. What an amazing guest Flame is. I am so intrigued by this guy and the ability that he has to reach people through his music and also marrying that with a beautiful understanding of theology and baptism Flame's going to change the world. And I think we found out that like, he's going to change the world through his music. And maybe Chris and I aren't going to change the world through our music. But anyway, hey, if you want to find out more about Flame and any of the things we talked about, all the links, you want to check out our show notes. Those are available at redletterpodcast.com. Our show notes at redletterpodcast.com to connect with Flame and all things on the Red Letter Disciple Podcast. Again, I want to thank Kerry Newhoff and his team. They're putting on the Church Disruption Summit, August 22nd, 23rd. It's coming up real quick. It's two days event that's going to help you be able to lead change in your church. And we're going to forecast into the future what church is going to look like in 10 years. And I, for one, like I want to get ahead of what's coming into the church rather than always being behind and reactive. Let's be proactive. Sign up for that at churchdisruptionsummit.com. Next week, we are having actually our first guest in studio. Uh, His name is Todd Doxson. And right now, currently, he is the lead pastor at Love Church here in Omaha, Nebraska, where we are recording these from. Uh, Todd is an amazing guy who accomplished his childhood dream. He made it all the way to the NFL. I want to ask him what's that, what's that like to accomplish your childhood dream. And Kurt Warner was a friend and super influential in his faith and a spiritual mentor. So I want to I want to ask him about that relationship and how do you go from in the NFL being a wide receiver to now a lead pastor of Love Church. It's a really incredible conversation. You're not going to want to miss it. So how do you not miss it? Here's how you do it. You subscribe or you follow whatever platform you're on, and it'll automatically show up next Tuesday. And hey, if you'd be willing, can you spend a second to tap five stars on whatever platform? And if you're even more willing, like if this is a podcast that's helpful to you, will you spend a minute and just give us a little bit of a review? That goes a long way into making sure that we can do more episodes like this. So there you go. We're going season two. See you next Tuesday. Ahura Media Production.